Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you uh, had a good weekend. Uh, Hope it was full of tons of fun and self-care. What'd y'all get into? Um, I relaxed and rested, uh, still have not fully emerged out into the world, although people have been somewhat forcing me out socially, but I'm always very thoughtful, uh, <laughs> make sure the people I'm with have been vaccinated, <sighs> slowly emerging, uh, taking my time though, uh, still not back in my office. That's going to happen soon. Um, again, enclosed spaces, uh, we're not able to really make sure that we're cleaning the air and we're not able to necessarily check every guest that's coming in and out of all these different spaces. So it's really hard to protect those coming before and after, but also yourself. We're not sure how long these (laughs) vaccines last. We don't know about strains. We're still waiting to hear if we need booster shots. Ah, the world still remains a little bit of a question mark. Uh, Just reminding everyone to still be safe, you know? Um, I wanted to open the show by talking about, it's still gay pride, uh, pride month. So we're still talking about these things. And I wanted to talk about uh, microaggressions. Microaggressions are fascinating. It's in some ways, I think it's a way to uh, let people off the hook a little bit by using the word micro, which for some implies it's not that bad. That's not actually what that term is meant to imply. Any form of violence or prejudice or bigotry is bad and is harmful. And it says a lot about the the person with the bigotry or the judgment, they have a lot of work to do on compassion, on care. It's a mental health issue. I know a lot of people don't always agree with that. I think it is. When we talk about narcissism and sociopathy, those are definitely looked at as mental struggles, mental issues. Those are personality disorders. Those are people that we need to be afraid of. Those are people that need a lot of care, a lot of work, but we need boundaries with them. So uh, what are microaggressions? Microaggressions are those smaller things that tend to go unnoticed or people write them off but they're insidious because they can get steam and they can show up in a lot of different environments and a lot of different relationships because people think that they don't matter. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. Imagine, you know, not everyone who's a listener of the show is a, a part of some kind of, you know, exploited or marginalized community or any kind of gender or sexual minority. So I know it's hard for those individuals to always relate to the concept of microaggressions. I remember talking to my mom and my older brother, both are white cis hetero, And I was explaining to them why it matters. And it was a little complicated for them because neither one of them have ever moved through the world, even my mom as a woman, neither one of them have really moved through the world feeling unsafe or uh, targeted. And so I was saying to them, hey, have you ever worried about the safety of holding your partner's hand on the street? No. You know, have you ever worried about the safety going in and out of a bar? No. Have you ever wondered about the safety of dating? You know, it's a different shift. A lot of women listeners can relate to that. Um, every female I know, unfortunately, has had some form of harassment or assault. Um, so a lot of times it's the white cis hetero guys that really struggle with this. But I want to just remind you, it's a mental health issue. You know, the safety, the respect, the legitimization, the representation, laws protecting you, um, all these different pieces come together to make up your mental health. Imagine what it's like to move through the world, again, never seeing yourself, never feeling prioritized, never feeling centered, never feeling cared for. That matters. Like really think about how that would impact generalized anxiety or depression, right? You go into a new environment socially, you go into a new environment educationally, you go into a new environment professionally, and you don't necessarily know that it's going to be safe or you're going to be welcomed in. 
And so for people that are part of the LGBTQIA community, it's a constant coming out. Uh, some people, maybe they are a little more stereotypical and people will unfortunately make a lot of assumptions. Uh, you know, there are some cis hetero men that are more feminine, right? And so we can't go by stereotypes, but this process of continually coming out in all environments, that's exhausting for people, you know? And I do work with some people that are not out completely in all the different environments and spaces in which they participate. and. Again, mental health issues. So I wanted to go through what are some of the microaggressions. Um, just kind of keep this topic going, keeping the ball in there. So even though we're going to enter it from talking about being gay, I want people to know that this also applies to racial minorities and uh, you know people that are minority based on body shape and size and all other kinds of attributes. So this is very universally applicable. But again, it really comes down to just people that are in the majority whatever whatever level of majority or privilege or power we hold, it's on us to utilize that to help end oppression and bigotry against people that don't hold such positions of power, you know? So um, we're gonna talk about that. I think that that's uber, uber important when we come back. And then we'll be doing a little relational work talking about things to not say because they push partners away. Yeah, I know. A lot of people's relationships have been struggling, so I've been kind of trying to fold in some more relational gems. A lot of the couples I work with, again, were doing really well in the beginning, then not so great, and now everyone's getting a little stir-crazy and kind of ready to get back out there. So when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking, though, a little bit more about microaggressions. I want this to be something I keep bringing in often, so um, get familiar with it. And uh, DMs, they're always open. We'll be gliding into those later. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And um, yeah, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, there they all are. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, brought to you by Astro Glide. Taking a little break and we'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we're back we're talking about microaggressions really important topic this applies to everyone god i would love for us to live in a place in a world where we're conscious of the things we're saying language holds a lot of power you know language does injure um They'll say, what, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me? That's not true. 
psychologically, that's absolutely not true. That's again an example of really only prioritizing physical health and ignoring mental health. The words that are said actually matter more mental health-wise than sticks and stones and your bones, 100%. The words that are said to you impact your self-esteem and self-worth. Again, self-esteem is not self-esteem, it's relational esteem. We really love to fight that because we're such an individualistic culture and we like to think that everyone's on their own and you're self-made and it's an inside job. It's not true. We're relational creatures. Our brains are a social organ. They are built and maintained and their health is dependent upon relationships. We die without relationships. Relationships are how we learn to self-soothe, but more importantly, our self-esteem and self-worth is relational. It is an accumulation of what's been reflected back to us by the world and those with which we have relationships, period, end of story. And so words do matter. We know that. It does not feel good to have negative things said about you. I don't want us to get to a place, though, where we don't care anymore and we harden. That means we've lost empathy. <laughs> so we want to take accountability and responsibility for the way we talk to people and about people, whether they're with us or not with us. Because remember, when you're using prejudicial or bigoted com, you know, language, you're letting the people around you know who you are. You're showing your integrity. You're showing your value system. You're showing your mental health and you're letting them know how safe it is for maybe them to share with you any marginalized or exploited part of who they might be. So that's in there too. So let's talk about some of these microaggressions. And again, microaggressions are everyday slights, snubs, insults, whether intentional or unintentional, <clears throat> that are derogatory, right, or hostile. Um, and this word came from the 70s by Chester M. Pierce, a black Harvard psychiatrist. Um, and originally it was uh, about forms of racism that black people face, and now it is applied to other folks of color, women, people with disabilities, and LGBTQIA community. And um, I like this part of it. In the article, they're talking about how the offender is sometimes well-meaning and unaware that they've said or done something rude or hurtful. So I appreciate that with microaggressions, it's not always someone's intent to create a hostile environment and make someone feel bad. Sometimes it's just something they haven't realized was painful or they haven't been made aware or something that was normalized socially for them and, and it needs a little attention. And that's why we talk about calling people in, not calling them out. Calling them out is when you just take up a big microphone literally or unliterally on social media and you attack versus calling in is where you say, hey, that's not okay to say and I wanted to point that out um, as an ally, right? Or that's not okay to say about me or someone in my community or that's hurtful to other communities or hey, that's racist, hey, that's homophobia, that word is not okay to be used around me. You have a right to say what words are used around you. That person can say to you, I'll say whatever I want. You can say, you're right. But if you're gonna stay here in conversation with me or in relationship with me, that word cannot be used. And if it is, I'm gonna have to walk away because that's racist or that's homophobic or that's fat phobic. And I don't allow that. Always speak up. Um, we, we need that. And again, this isn't on the shoulders of the minority or marginalized community to advocate for themselves. This is for the majority to help the minorities out. So this is everyone's responsibility. So how do you respond? You don't ignore it, you don't keep quiet, but yes, first you wanna be aware of your physical safety. I guess I need to talk more about that. Not every environment is always safe to speak up. So I acknowledge that, physical safety matters. Um, so you have to pay attention to your relationship. But one of the easiest things you can say to someone is just, what did you mean by that? And I always loved that. When someone says something problematic, say, what did you mean by that? Put it back on them to explain. And in that, in, in walking and unpacking what they said, they start to realize that it's kind of problematic, right? And if this is brought up to you, remember, it doesn't make you a bad person. We do have to get familiar being confronted with the legitimate forms of oppressive things we might be saying or doing. That's the only way that education happens, but also that's the only way that change really happens. So don't think it makes you a bad person. We can't go into shame or embarrassment, thereby making the person who called us in and wants to talk us, you know, talk this through with us. It's not about them then apologizing for making us feel bad. We said something problematic and it was important that they made us aware of that. So you're not a bad person, but don't go into shame. Just say, I'm sorry, help me better understand and then correct yourself, right? So that's, that's the most important part because we've all been socialized with certain biases and prejudices. Right, And it's just about being open to learning and doing better. And some communities historically have had more violence against them. And also some of these words have been very normalized. I mean, I know I'll watch movies or television shows from the 80s or the 90s and I'll see things that make me cringe because it's just so painful. Or a lot of old school comedy where in order to sell tickets and to be funny and to be controversial, they just 
really punched down and mocked really disenfranchised groups. You don't need that to be a good comedian. And all the comedians I know, and I know some of the top comedians have all said the same thing. They're like, if you're really funny, you don't need to harm people in doing so. And we know better now. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many things to run a commentary on or to make comical, but a disenfranchised community, someone who's fat or disabled or gay or a racial minority, that's, that's gross. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're trying to just lead with compassion and that isn't about being stuffy or stiff, right? Like that still leaves a lot of uh, comedic and uh, entertainment based material available. It's frustrating with how frustrated people can get about this stuff. And I understand it's really hard and some people think it's always something, but we have a lot to clean up and we're trying to make the world a better place. And so, yeah, it's not always gonna be comfortable. It's not always gonna be simple. It's not always gonna be easy, but I think it has a lot of validity. And if you're not part of any exploited or minority community, maybe you have a loved one or a friend who is. Try to imagine the world through their eyes if this is not a relatable topic to you or if you had a child that was disabled and there was a, and you're struggling to get bills paid and you're struggling with care and support and then you have a comedian or a movie mocking them, people laughing. It's quite heartbreaking. I've been in audiences where I've seen that said and done and it's, it's quite disgusting, quite heartbreaking. We can do better than that, right? Um, all right, y'all, we're gonna take a break and uh, when we come back, we're gonna go through what are some of the more common uh, microaggressions against LGBTQIA community. Like I said, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on them. Blam. When we come back, more microaggressions, and then uh, we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about microaggressions, specifically uh, ones used against the LGBTQIA community, why it is Pride Month. So again, microaggressions are those really common, normalized day-to-day things that are said. They're not always obvious to everyone. They're not overt, but that's what allows some of these prejudices prejudices to get uh, perpetuated is the use of languaging, right? That dehumanizes and mocks. Um, it's really important for us to lovingly call call in those around us who are using these terms and say, hey, oh, don't use that word. That's really homophobic. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, you know what I mean? Just really kind of stepping in and and, and, and calling things out. Uh, the first thing is assuming that uh, one partner is the man, the other one's the woman in queer relationships. Oh, heterocentricity runs so deep that people assume that uh, one's got to be the guy, one's got to be the girl. I've literally heard that said. I think of it more like uh, different kinds of utensils, like let's say chopsticks. If you are using chopsticks, you're not like which one's the knife which one's the fork it's it's different it's scripted differently it doesn't operate the same way it's it, it's not it doesn't need it is its own subject it doesn't need to be seen through the lens of uh, a knife and fork right it's a different culture with different norms and values and that's how that lgbtqia community is it's not trying to be straight or like straight or playing straight it's different and it's okay to acknowledge difference it's a very different culture different norms different values different languaging different perspectives different script 100 percent different mental health we look at studies about the mental health of children that are parented by lgbtqa community and they do better in a lot of markers for mental health including empathy communication and some other stuff it but more importantly the gay the lgbtqa culture is different it's not like straight people so people are like we're just like straight people no we're not we're very different it's been set up that way because heterocentricity is centered and anything outside of it is left to figure out its own norms, its own values. It's trying to get legal support. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of how that goes, but it's different. Um, and that's okay. So it isn't one person's the husband, one person's the wife. And what's beautiful about same-sex couples is there's no inherent hierarchical vertical power structure where with patriarchy, men step in and often think that they run the home. We still have this going on in 2021 where it's expected or assumed that the man will go off to work and the female will stay home and raise the child. Males are not given the option of being stay-at-home dad often or working part-time so as to be home and the female may be working part-time as well so they both can parent or care give. Um, a lot of other, other norms and standards are woven in there. Well, the gay community doesn't have that. They get to decide who who's gonna do what, who am I, what are my specific needs? It's more honest, it's more authentic. That's really beautiful. Um, so again, it, you, don't, you can't compare the two and you can't try to understand one world through the lens of the other. It's a completely different perspective, kind of like what I'm always trying to bring to my listeners is a mental health perspective, which is very different from how the world sees things. We often see things in terms of how much money are you gonna make? What are you gonna get out of it? I see things through the lens of, is that fair? Is that rooted in ethics? Is that rooted in mental health? Is that cooperative? 
It's a very different lens. So when you bring in like a social justice lens or a mental health lens, it's about equity, right? It's about worrying about everyone. It's not capitalist or corporate perspective of we just got to make money. Everyone's just an employee. No one, no one's specific needs are taken into account. That's not mental health centered. Everyone needs different accommodations. Everyone's a different person with different mental health and they need different things. And you care about that, right? So that's the beauty of not being hetero is that you're not stuck with those stereotypes or those expected trajectories. We have a word co called homonormativity, which is people from the gay community that are mirroring gay uh, straight people, which isn't right or wrong. It's just the normative perspective that they take. So they get married, they have kids, they have a house, they're monogamous, and they follow that trajectory, you know? But some gay people, they usually use the word queer to step outside that normativity and say, we don't have to follow that trajectory. We're not trying to be like straight people. We're not trying to be respectable. We're not trying, we're just trying to be ourselves, right? It's a beautiful thing. Um, another microaggression is referring to LGBT, LGBTQIA as a choice or a lifestyle right? Because it really removes the depth or the honesty or the value of what's going on. The microaggression is really deeply rooted though. We, we don't hear that used as often, but it's still in there. Um, it's kind of a funky one. Another one is, uh, this often comes up with people that are uh, part of the trans umbrella, you know, trans, non-binary, asking questions about their anatomy. Um, so objectifying, also it's fetishizing, like they're a total person and their identity is tied to far more than their anatomical um, anatomical presentation, like it's bigger than that. But we're so, we're so obsessed with that. We, we're, first we're obsessed with, is it a boy or a girl? Then we're also obsessed with, are they gay or straight? Thinking that somehow these concepts tell us anything. And then we get obsessed about their genitals. It's such an odd thing how we reduce people down to those uh, few pieces and few factors. But um, everyone's a lot more than that, you know? They're bigger than that. So just be very thoughtful about that. Um, let me see if we have time to go on to the next one. Okay, we don't. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to glide into those DMs. Um, and then after that, we'll keep talking about some standard gay microaggressions. But if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Whatever you're wondering about, put it in there. We got an answer for you. Or if it's a topic you want me to talk more about, go back to. Uh, also drop it in there. And... We'll get some answers to you. But yeah, when we come back, we're going to glide into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline, brought to you by Channel Q and Astroglide. We'll be back. All right, we're back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page in the DMs. Drop them in there. You got a question for us? We got answers for you. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, uh, dear Dr. Chris, excuse me, my name is Katie. Been dating my boyfriend, Josh, <clears throat> three years. Recently, he kind of hinted that he wanted a threesome, but with another man. I like how there's the, but with another man. It's the surprise twist because we're shocked when maybe a male is interested or open to any kind of sexuality with another man. Yes, it exists, y'all, it's real. Uh, it's not always another woman. Uh, because God forbid a woman's pleasure be centered. I, all these hetero females that have partners that are like, yeah, I'd bring another girl in. You have a right to say that's cool. Cause I'd rather, I'd like to also bring a guy in. So I'm happy to help you make your dream happen. You help me make mine happen. One's not more appropriate than the other, right? He said, it's something he's always wanted to try. Good on him. Man on man sex is some good stuff. I was kind of taken aback by it, but I appreciate his honesty. Why were you taken aback by it? because he had never expressed that before. Maybe it wasn't safe to be expressed. Maybe he's done some work on himself and else feel, feels confident exploring. Doesn't worry about homophobia, which for many says if a guy's with another guy, they're gay no matter what. It's not true. Props to him, man. Live your life. Um, and you said, this is you, I just don't think I can be that partner for him. Does this mean we have to break up? What do you mean by that partner for him? That sounds like a big statement. The kind of partner that would allow another man to come in for a three-way or is it, is the gender a problem? If, if he said, I'd love a three with another woman, would you be okay? Is it that you can't handle being with someone who wants a three-way? I, I need a little more clarity, but let me say it like this. If him saying he's open to a three-way with a man uh, makes you feel like you can't be with him, please don't, because that's your homophobia speaking, and I don't want him negatively impacted by that. I'd rather you exit and realize you're not mature enough sexually to understand someone's sexual truth and move on. Um, it's okay if it's surprising, 
But if you are loving and committed and care about someone, you say you work through that. But if that's something you can't, then don't, because I'm afraid you'll act out that insecurity on him. And he has nothing to feel bad or shameful about. He shared himself with you more openly. The only good response is thank you. But if you're going to bring in homophobia or biphobia, he doesn't need that. The world will do that enough and it's hard enough. And he thought you were a safe space and he brought it up. So if you're going to guilt or shame him, please go for his safety. Um, if you're uncomfortable with someone asking for a three-way, say no or explore and investigate why that makes you uncomfortable, right? If it's about the gender choice, again, that's homophobia and biphobia, and I'd rather you exit. No one needs to be made to feel bad by the limits of our you know, health or the work we've done. But go work on that. You wanna be able to say thank you when your partner expresses who they are. Imagine if you said to him whatever you like sexually, even if it's very vanilla, and imagine if he's like, wow, I don't know if I can be, in a, I can't, I don't know if I can be with a person like that. How hurtful is that? You know, it's a little sex shamey, right? It's a little homophobic because I'm assuming it's the fact that he wants a man that's your struggle, but there shouldn't be a struggle. The only struggle is that you can't understand that people can be bi. So go do that work. <clears throat> Take a break. Don't date for a while because more and more people are coming out as bi and fluid and they need supportive people around them. And let me give you that heads up. We've all seen that little meme that says, if you're not ready to raise a gay or trans parent, please don't be a parent because your child might be gay or trans. I want to say that to people out there that are single. Please stop dating if you're not ready to date someone who might be bi or sexually fluid or curious because those people exist, they have a right to exist, and they don't need to be made to feel bad. So if you're not ready to lovingly deal with that or someone who also is interested in trans individuals, God forbid, please take a break from dating because you're harming people. To shame someone sexually is sexual abuse. It's also psychological abuse. Let's not be abusive. So if this is triggering for you as a question, do the work so as to make it not. Get there <clears throat> because your child, your friend, your partner, your husband, your wife, whoever you're with might come out as curious, fluid, whatever it is, and we have to be able to hold that space for them. That's part of being a good partner. So do that work. That's why these things help us identify where our work is. And we're working really hard in the new year on being good for those around us, not having a negative impact on them. Like I said, the world's hard enough as it is. Our loved ones should be making life easier. They should be our supports, you know? So again, without any clarifying information as to what it is exactly within that, that's hard for you. Because maybe it's just the request for a threesome. Talk out what you would need to be in place. Or maybe it's not something you're interested in. Maybe it's something he doesn't need that deeply, but just wanted to throw it out there on the table. We need to be able to discuss with our sex partners our sexuality, if nothing else. And that's what he's trying to do. It's not a demand. It's an expression. It's a request. We're allowed to weigh in on it, unpack it. So just try to handle a little bit better. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. And when we come back, uh, we gonna talk about the way that we maybe push people away. Ah, wow, we just heard an example of that one. All right, you're listening to Love Lemon with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back. And before the break, we were talking about gay microaggressions, talking about how one is not the man, one is not the woman. It's completely different. It's pretty offensive to assume that everyone plays straight or thinks in terms of straightness. It's a completely different culture, completely different rules. It's the beauty of it. Uh, another microaggression referring to someone from the LGBTQIA plus community as a, you know, their identity being a choice or a lifestyle. No, it's, it's just what is, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's like saying, you know, if gayness is a choice or a lifestyle, then so is being hetero. You know, someone's sexual orientation is, is not, well, there are some people that choose things, so I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't necessarily say that, and it doesn't really matter whether it's genetic or not. There are some people, though, that's more choice-based. Um, that's a conversation for another time, though. Um, but um, we also talked about not asked about people's body parts. People are more than just their anatomy uh, and their sexuality, right? So we want to make sure we're not just zeroing in on things like that. We get so obsessed with those parts of people. It's fascinating. What are their, you know, have they had surgery? Oof, you know, very invasive. Um, also telling someone that they don't look trans or non-binary or telling someone, oh, they, they really pass. Again, just... <laughs> Let's not critique or comment. Let's let people be where they are. If someone says I'm non-binary, that is who they are, regardless of how they are perceived by you, right? Same thing with someone being trans. Um, also, no, not everyone's trying to be cis or quote unquote what they'd call passing. People are just trying to live their truth. And so you might see some people who use certain pronouns that in your mind don't align with what you're seeing, but that doesn't change who they are. Right, mental health is about living your life authentically and fully in all at all times in all environments, and that's what it's about. It's not about being discernible or clear to others. It's not about meeting criteria or falling into classifications. It's about you showing and telling the world who you are, and then having that cared for. Right? 
Um, and so it doesn't matter how they look. We're trying to figure out who they are. And when someone tells you who they are, we, we honor that. We listen, right? Um, also, again, another microaggression is expecting gay people or trans people to have certain personality traits or interests based on stereotypes. Um, you know, I hear people talk about this all the time. Someone finds out they're gay and they automatically assume by others that they like shopping or show tunes. It's like, no, like I'm definitely part of the community and I don't like show tunes. I don't like shopping. Um, I like people, <laughs> there's such a diversity within every community, right? You know what I mean? But there are some really interesting stereotypes where you think that someone is now a, a caricature of something you've seen in a movie or on television or maybe another friend because of how they identify, but people are far bigger than that. Those, those labels and stereotypes limit people and trap people. So if someone comes out as gay or trans or non-binary, please don't think you have any idea as to who they are and please don't relate to them from a stereotype. Um, not all gay people like the feminine pronouns thrown around like, Hey girl, like, okay. Some people for them, it's really important to be identified as he and him. And they want masculine based references. Like we have to ask people, we have to ask questions, but just be very thoughtful. Like I do every now and then still hear these things. And I live in LA, so I have to imagine it might be more, um, more prevalent in some uh, places that are less, uh, what word do I want to say? Uh, less familiar and encounter gay people less and the kinds of things we're talking about. This isn't readily available for everyone, right? That's why radio shows like this are so important. Um, other microaggressions, asking a trans person when they're having surgery. Yeah, that's another problematic one because not everyone who's trans is looking to have surgery. Not everyone who's trans is looking to change their anatomy. Some people are very comfortable with what their anatomy is and gender expression and presentation and pronouns don't have to match anatomy. That's the beauty, that's creativity and diversity of mental health and psychology and identity politics is that they're open-ended and that means people really get to fully be who they are. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I, this one I, I saw in an article and I just was like, are we still talking these ways? Asking a lesbian how they have sex? That kind of goes back to that like fork and knife and chopstick example where it's like, it's a it's a different script, it's a different experience. Um, you know, people from the LGBTQA community not participating often in heterocentric uh, stages of development and courtship have created their own. That's that's beautiful. So sex does not always involve genitals or penetration. It doesn't even always with straight people, but straight people tend to be very orgasm and penetration obsessed. Um, people in the queer community often don't need that. We support diversity. We support truth. We support creativity. And not everyone participates in those ways, right? Um, uh, let's see what else are microaggressions asking a person if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, a girlfriend or husband or wife based on their gender presentation. Again, just because you think you're, or being told you're talking to someone who identifies as female or is femme identified or she and her pronouns, it still doesn't help you understand maybe the gender choice or presentation of their partner. So again, it really all just comes down to, you have to actually take the time to care and find out who the actual person in front of you is. That's what it really comes down to. We can't move through the world making all these assumptions based on what we think we're looking at. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Taking that little bit of time to really, again, sit with and find out who someone is. I think that that is a beautiful thing. It's an act of care and respect. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about things people do dun, 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 that push their partners away. Ah, uh, yes, AKA, don't do this, don't do this. Uh, question of the night. Oh, we don't do question of the night anymore, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. But uh, like I said, later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM first, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of Loveline are over. We are channelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. We'll be back. Stick around. All right, we're back and uh, talking about a perspective on how to not harm or push your partner away. Um, you know, again, people that listen to the show consistently know that I'm always saying we are responsible for how we treat others. We need to be accountable for how we make others feel. And um, if someone's in a romantic committed relationship with us or a marriage or whatnot, we need to take seriously how we treat them and talk about them. We want to leave them better off in the world, not worse off, right? Like that's the goal in dating and sex and any kind of relationship of any kind. I don't care if you're a boss to an employer, you are still responsible for taking care of that person and leaving them better off. Teacher to a student, you are responsible for their mental health, parent to child. But we put people in positions of power like you're my husband, you're my wife, and now we think, oh, I'm let off the hook. No, you're not. You are responsible for how you impact people, always. 
And I work with some couples that somehow forget, hey, the whole point of romantic relationship and that kind of intimacy and that partnership is for us to have each other's back. The world's a rough place at times. At least your romantic partner, your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, and a lot of other people, but specifically those people, they should have your back. They should not be saying and doing things that undermine you. Now, when we get into fights, what we often do is the person who we loved a minute ago now is someone who we completely hate. We have to hold both, but bigger than that, we have to have a basic modicum of respect that we are committed to when we have conflict. That's the entry point because that matters, right? It's not just what we're fighting about, it's also how we're fighting. But sometimes people think, well, if the issue is serious enough, I can just let loose and it doesn't matter. It does, and you can't always apologize and clean something up on the back end. People sometimes are told things or hear things out of your mouth, the mouth of someone they love that they cannot forget or let go of or reinforces an earlier trauma. Be very, very, very thoughtful, take that seriously. You and your partner, are accountable to each other. There is no reason where violence should come in. There should not be any bullying or name calling or putting down. You're on the same team. And if that's happening, you need time and you need some help, some self-reflection, some open discussion, and maybe some therapy. But there should be a basic decided level of respect and care that you will afford each other, always. We should not be, we should not be assassinating each other's characters. Excuse me. And that's why we talk about a thousand different pieces. Number one, Stepping away and calming down when you feel like you're losing yourself. And it sounds like this, hey, we're going to have to put a, take a break because I don't like the way I'm starting to talk to you or I don't like the way I'm starting to feel I might start talking to you. We are responsible for ourselves. It shouldn't take the other person saying, you can't talk to me like that. This conversation is getting put on pause. We need to be an adult and healthy enough where we catch ourselves starting to do that and then we pause and we walk away. That's the goal, Right. So what are some of the domains under which some of these hurtful things fall under that we want to be thoughtful about? Because again, certain words or phrases will invalidate and leave cumulative scars, long lasting ones. And they start to, they start to undermine everything. We can't always get over what was said. Um, so what are some of the domains? Give me one second. Okay. Statements that are intended to destroy confidence. Why would you want to destroy, excuse me, why would you want to destroy the confidence of someone you claim to care about or that you love, Right. When people feel insecure and in danger of being controlled, they attempt to take away the other partner's self-insurance. That's horrible. They get that other person to doubt their thoughts or feelings. They feel stronger and more in control. Why do you need to feel in control or disempower your partner? We're in a loving relationship. And if it isn't, take a pause, take a break, or it's time to move on. But you have an accountability and responsibility. There's statements that are intended to destroy value. I never loved you. I never needed you. You turn me off. You make me sick. What? All of this is sometimes born out of conflict centered around something else. We let it escalate. We let it elevate. I see this happen sitting in front of me in my office. This is part of my job sometimes is to help really help them learn how to self-regulate until they can, right? Co-regulation, assassinating their character, creating guilt, power plays. Really sit with that. What is your method of style? What is your style or method of conflict? When you're upset, what do you do? Do you stay relational? and stay loving and respectful and say, you really hurt my feelings. I'm really upset. We need to talk about this. Do you become a bully and start throwing things and slamming things and name calling and attacking? Um, do you gaslight and tell them that they're wrong when you know that they're right, everything they're saying? Do you get defensive? And instead of staying focused on what they're bringing up, do you start talking about everything that upsets you about them? Because I always say to people, we'll come back to that, write it down. But right now we're talking about that one thing and that one thing only. All these different tactics to not have to stay present and to take some accountability. And that's what a lot of couples work is. How can we start soft? The way you enter a conflict or a fight has the highest percentage of impact on how it most likely will go. If you come in hot, it'll be hot and stay hot and get hotter. If you come in soft, you have a better chance of it staying soft. Stay soft, keep it soft. Keep it relational, keep it kind. I know it's difficult. We've, we've, we've normalized, we've gotten very familiar with some of these things. But the work is not about identifying this in your partner, it's about identifying in yourself. What kind of, how do you manage conflict? What is your go-to? Do you name call, do you bully, do you scare them, do you go to violence, do you cut and run? Sit there and ask yourself, and what do I need to do then instead? How can I be more present? How can I be more calm? How can I be safer? How can I be more open? And please absolutely make sure you're doing this. If you're a boss, if you're a teacher, if you're a caregiver, if you're a parent, it doesn't matter if you're in this quote unquote power of position, which you're honestly not. 
That's not a real thing. That's a social construction of a position of power, but you're not, but you still need to be respectful and soft and kind moving forward. That's what I wanted to come out of the pandemic is a softness. I'm not seeing it. What I wanted to come out of the pandemic was a focus on mental health and rest and self-care. Kind of seeing a little bit of that, but I'm still seeing everyone freaking out about getting back to work. Calm down. <laughs> everyone breathe. We don't need to get back to the gym. We don't need to get back to work. Everything just got along fine for two years. Breathe. But we need to be doing this fighting better. It's one of the most treacherous thing that comes into my office and it builds resentment and it's bubbling under the surface and I can almost hear it. I can almost hear it bubbling. Uh, we got to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about some of this. But uh, again, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. And uh, if you've got a question for us, drop it in the DMs because uh, when we come back, we're going to be gliding into those. Anything you're wondering about, topic you want me to go more into or a question you got for us, drop it in there. We'll be back though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about pushing partners away. It's so interesting because in the beginning, in the stages of courtship, what do we want? We want closeness. We want consistency. We want familiarity. Um, you know, then people move into, oh, you know, is it too soon to define the relationship? Are we exclusive? Are we monogamous? Are we deleting our apps, right? We just want safety. We want comfort. Something magically happens as soon as we feel like we got our foot in there because we are exclusive now or we're committed or we got married or we had kids or we moved in together. And all of a sudden it shifts and it goes from courtship to, now this is not for everyone. The healthy people, it goes from courtship to just love and attachment. And, and they go participate in the world lovingly together and they manage conflict well. And the good ones also stay in that courtship cycle. They're always attracting, they're always flirting, they're always romancing, and those are the good relationships. They have soft startups when they're upset. They are very loving and respectful in their conflict you know, resolution. But then there's other couples where they court and they court and they court, and then like I said, they think they have you because you're married, you're committed, you're exclusive, you live together, whatever it is, and then their dark side comes out. Because now, what happens is that relationship has worth and it feels fragile, right? They don't feel secure. Their low self-esteem comes out and now they're trying to track you and control you. That's someone feeling powerless. That's someone feeling insecure. And that's someone's historical trauma coming up where now they're accusing you, right? They're jealous of everything. They're, they're going through your phone. They're setting rules. They're always picking fights. Run. That's a sign that someone has a lot of work to do. And most likely they're not going to work through it as you claim to show up and be your best and heal them. Doesn't work like that, they have work to do. And if you're that person, like really check in with yourself. If you're the person where you know that the minute you get in a committed relationship, you start feeling anxious and you're jealous and you're threatening, right? And you're tr going through their stuff and blah, blah, blah. You, ha you have some work to do, you have some trauma to heal because you're gonna act that out on another another person or maybe you're acting out on someone now. You're making their life harder. You're being toxic for them want better for yourself and for them, right? Like that's not a good sign when you're okay making someone's life harder or more difficult. And I don't care what they're doing. If you're with someone who's worthy of trust, let go and trust them. And if you're not, leave. Don't be in relationships with people that aren't worthy of trust that you can't trust. But if you can, then it's you and you need to let go and you need to stop controlling. And you need to stop policing and you have to do that difficult work of learning to trust. We can only do it if we let go. But don't let yourself enter someone's life and make their life harder. I'm working with so many people trying to help them get out of really toxic relationships because the other person isn't aware of themselves. So ask yourself that. What is your form, of conflict your form of conflict resolution? What do you do when you're feeling jealous? What do you do when you feel insecure? And your answer tells you your mental health. If, they, if when you feel insecure or jealous, do you settle down and process, can I trust this person? What do I know the truth to be? Can I wait till I see them to talk this out? Those are the healthy answers. It's, we have to do work on our attachment. Anxiously attached people have to work on slowing down, grounding themselves, honoring boundaries, right? Leaning on trust, avoidant people. You need to, lean to, you need to learn to lean in, to be more present, to not cut and run, to not throw up those walls. Right? And if you're with someone who you can trust, who is a good person, practice and learn how to do that work with them. But don't bring yourself into people's lives and make their lives more difficult or harder. That is not fair. That is not kind. That does not speak well of you. But that's what I really want people to walk away from this segment with or tonight's show, if nothing else. Take a break after the show and say, what kind of impact do I have on other people's lives? 
me being brought into their life, have I made it better or have I made it harder? Am I toxic for them? What are the ways that I go about dealing with my anger and my frustration? Write it down and look it in the face. What are the ways I deal with my anger or my jealousy or when I'm insecure? Write it down and look at it and say, am I okay with that? Right? Like we all have to be able to do that work, that self-reflective work. That's, that's, that's part of healthy self-esteem. Our self-esteem doesn't let us off the hook. It's always with us. And it's always tracking and it's aware of how we're moving through the world, and how we're impacting others. And I'm thankful for that. It doesn't let us off the hook if we're engaging in a lot of bad behavior. It calls us out. We don't feel good. So know that part of your own mental health is feeling confident and competent in the kind of ways that you're moving through the world and impacting people. So assess that. And I want us to be in loving relationships where people can let us know, hey, it's been really hard to be with you recently. Is everything okay? Or hey, I've noticed you've started getting really aggressive with me. That's not okay. Can we talk about that, right? Like those are good signs. And that's why I'm always saying over and over and over, I want couples to sit down every couple of months and say, how's this been going? Should we keep doing this? What do we need to work on? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to do more of? And everyone calls themselves out. That's how I know a, a couple's healthy when they're calling themselves out. Hey, Dr. Chris, let me share with you what I'm proud of that I did this week. Hey, Dr. Chris, let me let you know what I failed at this week. They call themselves out. But if they're coming in, they're constantly saying, this is what the other's doing, this is what the other said, then I know that they haven't grown up yet, that they still have a lot of work to do. Someone who's completely self-aware and talks about themselves first is a sign of mental health. So be that person, think in those terms. I'm trying to help you covertly and overtly develop that kind of lens. All, every, every segment, I'm helping you develop that lens in some way by saying, start with yourself first. First, apply this topic to you. That's how you do your work. Can't afford therapy, great. Keep listening to Loveline. Read my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Line. Sex Outside the Lines, both of those books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines are Therapy and sex therapy for those that can't afford it. Do the work. Use it as a workbook. Same with my radio show. I'm constantly giving you guys frameworks and tools and tips how to navigate and be better. You know, step into that. I uh, got to take a little break. And when we come back, though, we're going to glide into those DMs. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. DMs always come from our Loveline IG page. Any question you got for us, drop it in there. Or if you got a topic you want us to cover or a topic you want me to uh, deep dive deeper into and clarify, drop that in there as well, and producer Alex will let me know. And uh, as always, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, and click on it. Bam, bam, blam. There it is. Uh, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I have a feeling that my girlfriend is cheating on me. Ah, bum, bum, bum. it's a gut feeling. Ah, yes. And when I ask her about it, obviously she thinks I'm being crazy, but I just have a feeling. Without going through her phone, <laughs> what can I do? I love that. Other than going through the phone, there's nothing I could do, Dr. Chris. Thank God we have phones now, because what did we do before cell phones? What did we do we thought someone was cheating before we had cell phones? My God, right? I'm going crazy trying to figure it out, and I can't shake this feeling. Look, I appreciate the question. Um... Is your partner someone who has been proven to be worthy of trust? And if so, trust her. You know, here's this is all we have is trust. Hey, 
I have, I have this weird sense that something isn't right. In fact, my mind even considered the fact that maybe you're cheating. Are you? And if the person says no, and we think that they're worthy of trust and have been, well, then we have to go with no. We can also burn down relationships from our own jealousy, because that's the first question. Are you someone who tends to be jealous and insecure, uh, someone who misresponds and, and doesn't understand things, right? And if, and if you say yes, maybe it's that. But if you say no, pretty grounded, you know, is this person worthy of trust? If so, trust them, because that's all you got. You can ask a further clarifying question by saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling or this is what I'm responding to. I want to know, was something said? Was something done? Was something found? Was something not said? Lean in on that. Bring that topic up and say, can we unpack or further investigate this thing? Because this feels off to me. It's not accusatory. It's just getting clarification. But the answer is never to go through someone's phone. Because um, then you're proving to them that you're not a safe partner and they have a right to say, hey, listen, I'm going to end this relationship. You found nothing, but I can't be with someone who doesn't trust me. And if they ask me a question, I tell them the answer. If that's not enough, then I don't want to be with someone and I support them. So if she says no, the answer is no. We don't have a right to go through someone's stuff. Be with people you trust and learn to trust. If she's not worthy of trust, that's the bigger problem. Get out. And if you have trust issues, work on them. But if you don't have trust issues and she's worthy of trust, deal done. You know, that's, that's all we got. We don't have a right to be snooping and policing and going through and getting passwords. That's an attempt to feel in control when we feel out of control. And we have to learn how to feel in control in other ways. We can't always have power over as the way we manage and regulate our anxiety, right? And talk to your partner. What's your definition of cheating? Are you even on the same page as to what cheating means? What does monogamy mean for the two of you? Process that. Even in that conversation, something meaningful might come out that makes you feel better or relaxed. So like give this person who you care enough about that this means this much an opportunity to be more of a participant in processing the wider issues, but it might just be something you have to struggle with. But we don't own people when we're in a relationship with them, whether we're married or not, right? And it is about trust. And trust is a beautiful thing. And once it's ruined by someone cheating, it's hard to get back, right? Because we have to work ourselves through what would that what was that about how can i believe them again right why would they not look out for me why were they not being honest with me so it's a little bit we're learning about ourselves our partner and the relationship but if you just have a random inkling all you can do is ask you know and that's the world we live in y'all i know it's tough times but uh cheating is not the worst thing to happen to someone figure out what that's about work on it work through it be stronger because of it cheating's a horrible thing but um, monogamy is very difficult for many people, and that might be what the conversation needs to be about. I don't know what you're responding to. Uh, maybe it's something that your partner feels comfortable doing because you've never talked about what monogamy means, and it's something that makes you uncomfortable. That doesn't mean what she's doing is bad or wrong. It just isn't within your comfort, but you need to talk this out further because um, only, only she's got the answer, and snooping isn't going to make anyone feel better or empowered. You know, and the bigger work is about being with someone who you feel like you can trust and communicate clearly and honestly with. So y'all, that is that. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow talking about regrets. We can learn a lot from uh, dying individuals based on what they regret. It really reminds us of what the most important things in life are and how can we better center and prioritize those, really wrap our lives around those things. Because on our deathbed, we ain't worried about money. That's definitely what does not come out of that. So stick around, join our show tomorrow. We'll be talking about that. Past episodes, as always, over at wearechannelq.com. Y'all spend the rest of the night rooted in self-care, tons of rest, put down your phones, close your laptop, tons of joy and pleasure. Thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.